familiarity probably. But, uh, man, I love that opening riff. Just want to make it clear that we have no sympathy for the devil here, though, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to part two of, I can't get no, of uh, finding satisfaction in a fallen world. We started this series uh, last week, and I know we probably got about 50-50 of folks who were here last week and folks who weren't, so I'm going to try to um, bring you up to speed to to a degree. Um, Last Sunday, I bookended part one uh, of this series with two quotes um, that I believe capture the essence of what we're what we're talking about here. And I'm using a number of extra biblical quotes uh, in this series for, for a reason. And you'll notice a number of, of quotes from different people throughout the message today. Um, and the reason is that what we're talking about here, trying to find satisfaction in a fallen world and, and, and this whole idea that we're consistently reaching for something and yet not finding fulfillment this side of heaven, it's part and parcel of the human condition. Um, it's all about uh, what it looks like to live this side of heaven. So I've included um, a number of quotes from folks just to, just to sort of uh, exemplify that, uh, if you will. Last week we started the series with this quote from C.S. Lewis. Lewis said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. In other words, as followers of Christ, Lewis is saying, this world is not our home. Heaven is our home. Eternity is our destiny. And because of that, there is an ache within us that cannot be soothed this side of heaven. How many of you have experienced that? How many of you have figured that out? Man, there's just a piece of my heart that just can't find a home here. That is the human condition. We don't always understand that. We don't always attribute it to this emptiness, this thing that God has placed on our heart that is drawing us to heaven. But that is the human condition. There is a thirst within us that cannot be fully quenched. We are not and we never will be complete here. And yet the Scripture calls us to Pursue contentment. <laughs> the, the scripture, God himself calls us to find joy in this journey, even though we're always going to be just a little short of that complete fulfillment. Let me ask you something this morning. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with finding contentment this side of heaven? How are you doing with enjoying and finding joy in the journey? Last week, we closed the message with a beautiful reminder from John Piper. Piper said this. He said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So if there is something within us that nothing in this world can satisfy (laughs) Yet God is most honored when we are most satisfied in Him. How do we get to that place? How do we get to that place? 
And the greatest minds in Christian thought have pondered this question for centuries. And the answer always comes back to one simple yet remarkably challenging thing. And that's this. And look to God alone. Look to God alone to satisfy your soul. Not other people. And we look in the wrong places to try to find the satisfaction we seek this side of heaven. Don't look to other people. Don't look to money. Don't look to your career, to your possessions, to power or control over others. Don't look to sex or food or drink. Look to God alone to satisfy your soul. The psalmist said this, For He alone, alone, God alone, satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul He fills with good things. And we often put the burden on other people to scratch an itch that only God can scratch. We look to our spouses. We look to our kids. We look to our grandkids, to our friends, to our churches, to meet needs that only God can meet. In our lives. And if only this person were different. Or if only that person would just treat me better. And then I could be happy. Could you? Or would you just go down the line to the next imperfect person in your life to be dissatisfied with? It's kind of how that plays out. Because that's an infinite line. Because we're all imperfect. We'll all let each other down. And we'll never ultimately be able to meet every need in another person's life. That's God's job. Fundamental to finding satisfaction in a fallen world is knowing where to look for it. Augustine put it this way. He said, God, you've made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Has your heart found rest in God? Do you have a restless heart? And I do. I always have. I remember early on in Kim and I's relationship... I would get so restless sometimes I would feel like I was just going to explode. I mean, this is before, before I knew Christ. I mean, I don't know if any of you can relate to that. It was like, God, life is so boring. You know, I just... Mm. And I would tell her, I would always say, baby, I, I need to go jump out of an airplane. And that was kind of what I felt. I mean, it would just rise up in me sometimes. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I need to go just free fall. I'm probably the only one that feels that way, and it's kind of weird, but do you have a restless heart? And a heart that knows God is your only refuge, yet continues to look for shelter elsewhere? Welcome to the club. Humans this side of heaven. C.S. Lewis was in that club, and he came to this conclusion. 
in Mere Christianity, he wrote, God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it's not there. (laughs) It doesn't exist. There is no true happiness. There is no true peace apart from God. There is no such thing. He looked for it everywhere in everything this world had to offer. He was an atheist who became a theist who ultimately became a Christian because he researched every angle of this thing and came to the conclusion that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was an historical event and was true and that it was the only place that peace could be found in this world, in Christ, in the gift of forgiveness that God has given us to bring us home in Him. You want peace? You need peace in your life? There is no such thing apart from God. Yet we search and we search and we search and we can't get no and we can't get no and we can't get no. Because we're looking in the wrong places. But on a practical level, man, just living day to day, what do we do with that ache in our heart that never seems to be fully soothed? With the emptiness. That ultimately this life leads us to. With the discontent that's often so prevalent in our lives today. You know as I thought through that this week. With all that's sort of swirling around in in our own personal lives right now. And the only thing that I could come up with was this. Man let that longing in your heart lead you to Jesus. That's what it's there for. It's not by accident that you have this emptiness, that you have this hole in your heart, that you have this longing for something that is just out of your reach on this earth. God put that there for a purpose. Let that longing lead you to Jesus Christ. Nothing else can satisfy. God has placed eternity in the hearts of men and women. And children. And every human being. And that's exactly what that means. He's placed the longing in our hearts for a reason. That quest, if you will, to lead us to a Savior. To lead us to Christ. To ultimately lead us home. It's like a homing device that takes us to Him. In John chapter 4, Jesus encounters the woman at the well. It's a familiar story. John chapter 4, verse 13. It's a woman who goes to the well time and time and time and time again to draw water. Jesus says this. He says to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. It's a picture of all the things that we pursue to try to fill that thirst in our own lives in this world. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him... (laughs) Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. How many of you are tired of going to the well? (laughs) 
You understand what I'm saying? How many of you are tired of drawing water? And it will exhaust you. It is exhausting to keep searching for new sources of satisfaction that never fully quench the thirst that God has placed in our hearts. Jesus said, let your search end here. That's what he's saying to the woman at the well. I am he. I am the living water. Let your search end here with me. Matthew 11, Jesus said this, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you what? Rest. He's not talking about taking a nap, you know, while the football game's on here. I mean, he's talking about real rest. How many of you could use a little bit of that? Yeah. He says, Take my yoke upon you. A yoke drew two animals together so that they could move in the same direction. He says, take my yoke upon you. Connect yourself to me, Jesus said. And then begin to learn from me. Fix your eyes on me. He says, I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And in me you will find rest for your souls. Mm. That's a promise. And let the longing in your heart lead you to Jesus. That's what it's there for. And then learn to leverage that longing. I've been a Christian for almost 30 years. And I, honestly, I'm just now getting to this place. To where I'm stopped. I'm st- I'm no longer, well, I won't say I'm no longer, less and less do I look for satisfaction somewhere else. It's a process. It's a journey to learn to leverage the longing in our heart for that which will ultimately satisfy to push you toward the likeness of Christ instead of lead you astray into other things. Paul said this to the Corinthians. He said, and and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we look to Jesus, His perfection, His fullness, His completeness. And in doing so, we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory. Man, let the longing in your heart pull you toward the likeness of Christ. What we all ultimately desire is fullness. Fullness. Freedom. That longing in our heart is a longing to be complete. To be who God created us to be entirely. Man, learn to leverage that longing to become more and more like Jesus. Contemplate His glory. Look to Him every single day. Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be what? 
transformed by the renewing of your mind. Focus on the end game. Focus on getting closer and closer to the ultimate goal of standing before Jesus and being as He is. That's the finish line. That's fullness. That's completeness. That is satisfaction. And that satisfaction, that complete entire fullness, will not be found, the Scripture says, until we are glorified, until we are face to face with Him and we are as He is. Until that time, there will be a longing and there will be an ache in our heart that goes unmet. God has placed that longing in our hearts to get us home. And that's why it's there. Don't let it lead you somewhere else. Leverage that longing to lead you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul understood that probably better than, than anyone. If you're familiar with Paul's life, you know that... Uh, he had been given a vision by God, a vision into what the Scripture calls the third heaven, the ultimate place of fulfillment. And Paul said, I'm not sure if I actually went there or if it was a dream. It was something. Somehow God transported him into the place of perfection and then sent him back here. I mean, that, 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 that kind of stinks. And so, so he, had, he had been privy to this fullness and this perfection as God took him to, to glimpse all that heaven truly is. And then he, so that he wouldn't boast about it and say, hey man, look what God did for me. Look what I've seen. I'm the only one. You know, all that kind of thing. He says, God gave me a thorn in the flesh to keep me humble. And it did just that for the Apostle Paul. And Paul tells the Philippians this. This is after he had seen this vision. Paul says this. He says, you know, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to, to have a whole bunch. He said, I've learned the secret of being what? Content. Have you learned the secret of being content? Tough in this world today, man. Tough in this culture today. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. He says, no matter what you throw at me, I'm okay. Whether I'm well fed, whether I'm hungry, whether I got a whole bunch of money, whether I don't have any money, whether I got a roof over my head or I don't have a roof over my head. Whether I'm healthy, whether I'm not healthy, whether the people I love are healthy or they're not healthy. He says, I've learned the secret, and the secret is this. He said, I can do everything through Him. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What's he saying? And he's saying that only Jesus can fill the gap between who you are now and who God has promised you will be. In the end, you will be as He is if you have by faith surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. It's a promise. God's taking you there. 
Nothing can snatch you from his hand. Nothing can separate you from his love. You're going to that place. You're going to the place of complete and utter fulfillment and satisfaction. He's promised us that. And until then, man, fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him, the author, the perfecter of your faith. Surrender your longing to him. Seek satisfaction for your soul in Him and in Him alone. Instead of pursuing the material and the temporal, pursue that which you were made for, the eternal. The eternal. I close this morning with these words, which... C.S. Lewis labeled his prayer of contentment. I love this. And I just challenge you as you move from this place today to contemplate these words. Lewis said this. He said, I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most glorious creature that I could think of. Can you say that? Man, we compare and we want to be this and we want to be that. If only I had this or, or if only I could do what they could do. If only I was gifted as they are. Boy, if I made that amount of money. I, and the list goes on and on. C.S. Lewis, I would rather be what God chose me to be than the most glorious creature that I could even think of. For to have been born in God's thought and then made by God in the, is the dearest and grandest and most precious thing in all thinking. That the God of the universe created you. That he knit you together in your mother's womb before the foundation of the world. Your picture was on his refrigerator. He said it is the dearest and the grandest and the most precious thing that we could possibly think. This is my prayer of content. May it be yours. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for meeting our deepest need. Thank you, Lord, for placing that desire in our heart to search. To search this world over for what will satisfy. And Lord, I thank you for sending your Son as the ultimate solution to our satisfaction problem. Lord, may we lock in on Jesus so that he can take us home. And Lord, may we be those who cry out to you. Lord, may we be those who in the gap between our desire and, and Lord, our satisfaction... Allow Jesus to come into that place and be all that we need. Father, help us not to be led astray by the schemes of the enemy. Help us not to look for satisfaction, look for fulfillment anywhere but in you. Father, we thank you that you are the God of the universe. That you build our lives in such a way that they ultimately rise to you and to you alone. If we will allow that. Lord, may we choose Jesus 
the water of life to quench our thirst. And I pray that prayer in his name. Amen.